It's time for Dodger baseball. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! There it goes! See ya! The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. What's up, everybody? Another episode of Off the Air, diving into the legacy of WFUV Sports with some of its most prominent alumni. Nick DeLuca joined by Alex Wolves. Alex, our pleasure today to be able to Welcome Paul Dettino, reporter for the New York Giants at WFAN and MSG Network, does the play-by-play for the Northeast Conference as well on their various platforms. And a Fordham graduate in 1986 among what was a really great cast of characters back in the mid-1980s. Really excited to get a chance to be able to talk to Paul about his journey and what has made him so successful. Yeah, a lot to dive into here, and I'm really excited about the Giants angle specifically because it's funny about the the time we're talking here. I'm actually reading a book about Vince Lombardi and Tom Landry, some of the early Giants assistant coaches, and he's a guy who's not been around that early necessarily, but chronicled a lot of that Giants history, and it's interesting to think about how rich of an organization it is and how Dettino really, ever since he was a kid, is, is we'll kind of find out with someone who was really invested in the Giants, and, and to make that now his career is a really fascinating story, and it all started like it always does at FUV. Yeah, and it's been a long road for him. I mean, he's been covering Giants for a long time, back to his days in Fordham. It was something around 39 years for Paul. And just the opportunity to be able to hear some of those stories, what he fell in love with back when he was at WFUV, and then going forward to be able to hear some of what has really made his job so enjoyable is something I'm really looking forward to. And a lot of different things. Always, I always find it funny when we talk to the older alumni about the conditions of FPV and just the overall work that was being done at the station. Very different than a lot of what we do today. You know, it's a digital world today, a lot of FPV evolving in new directions. But it's always interesting to go back in the past and hear the shows that they did, the games that they called, the way that they did it. And like you said at the top, the people that they did it with, you know, Bob Papa, somebody that is right in that Giants clubhouse still today, somebody that was around FUV at the same time. So really interesting to hear about those interactions and a lot of the work that Paul was doing that formed a lot of that foundation into his career today. And of course, to be able to hear about some of that foundation as well, where he feels like WFUV was able to set him apart and really prepare him for those decades is part of the Giants beat. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And I mean, even the little things, like whether it's a one-on-one or outside of the Giants beat, and he's going to reference a, a show called This Week in Sports that is not really around today, but something that was a really a little thing that in the grand scheme of things doesn't seem that significant, but for Paul was something that really shaped a lot of what he he does today. And whether it's being in the clubhouse, whether it's doing that show, being a reporter, anything small or big, a lot of that really formed, as we mentioned, kind of that backing for a really, really long and tremendous career with the Giants that is still continuing to evolve today. That's something that is so crazy to me is when you're on a beat for so long to continue doing it, continue to provide a unique angle, but also, as Paul will mention, doing it in a really old-fashioned way that, that I think the journalism world needs today. Well, without further ado, another episode of Off the Air with Paul Dettino. This week on Off the Air, Paul Dettino. Paul graduated Fordham in 1986, where he was a trailblazer at WFUV. 
In addition to play-by-play duties for Fordham Sports and hosting one-on-one, Dettino was the first member of FUV to join the New York Giants beat in 1983. As he's loved Big Blue ever since his youth, this is where Dettino found his niche as he has covered the team in various capacities ever since. He has worked on the Giants beat in stints for the Connecticut Radio Network, WOR, The Record, WNEW, ESPN Radio, and for WFAN over the past 38 years, witnessing four Super Bowl championships in the process. Paul has also been on the Giants broadcast team on WFAN, MSG, and Channel 9 since 2009 as a host and reporter. In addition to his work covering the Giants, Dettino has been a play-by-play announcer and sideline reporter for the Northeast Conference's college basketball and football telecasts since 1999, which have been syndicated on MSG, ESPN3, and Fox College Sports. Welcome to the Off the Air podcast with Paul Dettino. Paul, thanks so much for taking some time to talk with us today. How are you? Great to talk to you guys. Doing well. Hope the same for you. For sure. We, we appreciate you coming on and, and hashing out a little bit of your Fordham experience with us. This is always such a pleasure to be able to go through this with our alumni. And I just wanted to start with why did you want to come to Fordham and when did you know you wanted to be a part of the radio station at WFUV? Well, that was actually a real easy choice for me because ever since I was five years old, my goal was to be a sportscaster. Always actually wanted to be a, a broadcaster who was going to be involved covering the New York Giants. Uh, it turned out that that's what I'm doing. Thank God for that. But it was carefully and meticulously planned. You see, uh, outside of maybe a month or so when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon, that was the one month I kind of wanted to be an astronaut. And then I started thinking to myself, what if I went up to the moon or got lost in space and couldn't make it back to Earth? And then I said quickly, no, no, no. Giant sportscasters a better plan. So really my whole life, that was the idea. So I knew when I was in school, uh, in high school, that I was going to go locally. I was not going to leave the New York metropolitan area. And I was like, well, let's see. What, what college has the best communications radio station in the area that's going to give me a chance to stay here and try to dig my path somehow into covering the New York football giants. And it was a really easy choice. It was WFUV Fordham. It was WSOU Seton Hall. Potentially, potentially a far distant in, in, in the, on the depth chart was going to be Montclair State University in New Jersey, which has a much better communications department now than it did then back in the early 80s, or potentially WFDU Fairleigh Dickinson University. Those were really the, the William Patterson over in New Jersey also was also at a pretty decent communications department. And at WPSU, I believe, was their was their call letters. So it was easy for me. I was going to go to a college that had a radio station that was going to allow me the college experience to able to cover the Giants. And I figured if I could do that, somehow I would parlay it into a career. So that was the reason. Fordham was by far my number one choice. Charlie Slows, 
who, as you guys probably know, is now the Washington Nationals play-by-play guy. He was the sports director when I first got to WFUV. And I used to listen to Charlie and Mike Breen all the time on -on one-on-one. And I said, my God, these guys are the best. I really need to go there. So Fordham was the runaway decision for me. And as soon as I got that acceptance letter, bang, that was going to happen. There's no way I was even going to hesitate. So let me make that clear. That's why Fordham was the choice. Now, you must understand something. Because I'm a very meticulous planner, when I got there, I immediately tried to find out what do I need to do now, not only to get into the radio station, but how can I make sure that I get on the air as soon as possible? And how can I carve out my way as somebody who's going to get out to these events so that I can do the interviews, I can have the experience of being at the events, I can connect with people, okay? And in addition to that, I wanted to make sure that I learned my craft. See, I'm one of those people who believes you don't learn a lot by looking at the books or looking at the the blackboards. I think especially in this business, you need to do it. And so what I wanted to do was to make sure that I got out and I aggressively pursued WFUV sports as if it was a class. That was my major. I tell people all the time, I didn't go to Fordham University. I went to WFUV because I was there nonstop. If I wasn't in class, I was at the radio station or I was at a game covering it and either doing the game for WFUV or writing sports for the paper. I don't know. Is the paper still there? I know the Ram is still there. I'm the sports editor at the Fordham Rams. So I don't know about the paper. I don't know about the paper. The paper was the alternate. We had two still newspapers in those days. (laughs) And Jack Curry was the sports editor of the Ram. Okay. And, and he was there and I was over at the paper. So, that's what I did. And, and I devoted a tremendous amount of my time to my craft at WFUV because I felt like that was time well spent. Uh, my parents always said to me, I could have gotten at least one grade point average higher when I graduated, but I traded in a grade point average for the hours that I spent at FUV learning my craft, going out to Nets and Devils games and covering those games and going out to Giants practice. I covered the New Jersey Generals for three years in the USFL. I was at those practices every week. I covered every home game. Herschel Walker was my first ever interview as a member of WFUV Sports in the spring of 1983. And I'll never forget it. I sat by his locker. We did a one-on-one. I did the interview and he thanked me after the interview. I'll never forget that. It was one of the highlights of, of my college career at Fordham. And so, I don't know if that completely answers your question, but I I think it probably does most of it. That definitely does. And we hit on there a lot of why you came to Fordham. And I'm so curious that you said from age five, you knew that the New York Giants was the team that you wanted to cover. Take us to the Giants fandom. Where did that come from? Why was it the team that you wanted to cover at WFUV? Well, my dad was was a Giants fan. And I grew up listening to uh, transistor radio, my little black Panasonic transistor radio and when, when I was five years old back in 1969, I can tell you, I still remember listening to Marty Glickman and Chip Cipolla and Sam Huff, you know, doing Giants games on 1130 WNEW. And, you know, Tarkenton was the quarterback. And, you know, it was that, that's, I was immediately attracted to it like a magnet. I'm like, wow, listening to the Giants on the radio, this is awesome. I've got to do this. You know, this, I got to be part of this somehow. And, um, 
it was just it was just ingrained in me for, for whatever reason. It was ingrained in me. And I will tell you, Moral Harmon was the Jets play-by-play guy at the time. And and he would, you know, did Jets games with Sam DeLuca. Although I, I don't think Sam was initially on the on the color at that moment in time. I forget who the color analyst was in, in, in 69. But Merle Harmon was an outstanding announcer in his own right. I thought the Giants and Jets just had the best of the best in NFL play-by-play guys on the radio in those days. But it was always Marty and the Giants are number one. And Merle Harmon's really great, but he's doing the Jets. (laughs) I don't want to do that. I'm doing the Giants. And and that's just the way it was. So uh, that was my goal from the very, very beginning. And I knew that as long as I stayed in the area, and if I was aggressive enough, see, WFUB did not have beat reporters at the time on the teams. So I, I created the beat. I told them, I said, look, I'm going to go to Giants training camp once a week. I'm going to go to practice during the season once a week. I'm going to go to these games. I planned my college classes around practice. Okay, let me make something clear, fellas. I'm going to say this very slowly one more time. I had to take my required courses for communications. That's true. But I made sure that when I took my electives every semester, either in the fall during the giant season or in the spring during the New Jersey general season, I purposely took electives that worked around the schedule so that I could hustle back from the Bronx to the Meadowlands and be at giants practice or generals practice and do post-practice interviews, because that was more important to me than any class I was going to get at the university. And I know the educators don't want to hear that, but it's the truth. And I'm not sorry I did it. That's an awesome story. I love that one, Paul. When you look at the cast of characters that were there during your time, you mentioned looking up to Mike Breen, among others, Bob Papa, Jack Curry there, while you were at WFUV as well. What did you learn from them as a younger student? And then how has that bond continued throughout the years after leaving WFUV? Well, obviously, you know, the upperclassmen, I mean, Charlie Slows and Mike Breen, my first one-on-one show, okay, was in the summer of 83, or maybe, yeah, summer of 83. And who was the guy in the A chair? Mike Breen. I was in the B chair. He was in the A chair. That was my first one-on-one show. So, so, so Breen is, is pretty special to me. And so is Charlie Slows. He was the sports director who first gave me the classes. Cause in those days, and I don't know what they do now, but the sports director in those days actually held workshops and classes that you would come to him and apply to say, I'd like to be part of your department. And then you had to go through classes that he taught. This was all non-credited stuff. Remember, we we got no credit for this. This had nothing to do with the school officially. WFUV was considered a club. And so Charlie taught these classes, myself and Mike Sheridan, who was the sports information director for men's basketball at Villanova. Okay, pretty big deal. He worked with Jay Wright. Mike and I were the two class members that got approved uh, in in, in that first uh, grouping when we went to to school in the fall of 82. And it was December when Charlie approved Mike Sheridan and myself to actually get on the air. So that up until that point, we were only allowed to produce shows and we couldn't go on the air. But then Charlie approved us. And so that was a big deal. 
And to this day, I just think the world of Charlie Slows and Mike Green both. Obviously, I got to know Michael Kay and some of the other great veterans. And, and there were too many to name. I don't want to start naming guys because I'm going to leave some people out. And I don't want to do that. But everybody knows the legacy and the history of WFUV. I, in my class, Bob Papa came on later. Uh, Jack Curry was also in my class. Jack and I were Bob's assistant sports directors when he was a senior uh, his last year. So, you know, obviously we're very intertwined and we have a great connection there. But whether it's John Giannone or Michael Kay, I mean, you know, the list just goes on and on and on and on. And, and I'm just thrilled that, you know, I'm part of that lineage and, and very, very glad, obviously, that not only did FUV, you know, provide me a tremendous amount of experience at a great time because I absolutely loved what I did when I was there because I did it all between doing games, uh, uh, writing sports casts, producing documentaries and sports casts and, and everything else. Um, it eventually wound up leading me to a professional career as, as covering the Giants. So how could I go wrong? And you talk about that professional career. I think it's 39 season now, as you mentioned, the 39th consecutive season covering the team. And I'm curious yeah. when you think back to your time at WFUV, you mentioned the interview with Herschel Walker. You mentioned going to Giants and Generals practices. How much do you think getting that experience as a college student prepared you for that career that you now have as a professional? Everything. It was everything. I'm not, I don't pull punches. It was everything. WFUV was the best part of my college education. And that's just, that's a, just as simple as that. You know, I, I, I honed my reporting skills. Um, I, I learned from the very beginning, you know, how do you dress? How do you act? Um, how do you ask questions? How do you conduct, you know, everything about the business. I learned at FUV um, from doing the talk shows to doing This Week in Sports, which you guys don't have anymore. And that's a shame because that was one of the greatest learning tools that FUV could have had. It was a half hour show called This Week in Sports. It was on 10.30 to 11 p.m. every Saturday night. And that show was a full wrap-up of the highlights of the week in sports. And that show took a tremendous amount of skill to produce because you had to be organized to figure out what you were going to pack into that half hour. Not only that, then you had to be resourceful because you had to go through all the available audio that was coming in through the network feeds then you had audio that you had compiled or that maybe some of your coworkers might have gone out somewhere and gotten some stuff. Then you also had to deal with what was it coming in on the wire that day because there may have been live news on Saturday that was pertinent to the week's wrap up and you had to write it. And that was really the great part about it because I probably learned how to write for radio through this week in sports have, and I used to, I, I love that show more than anybody else. I, I swear to you, it was my favorite show to do. And I don't think anybody at this, in the history of that station loved it as much as I did because I really enjoyed the work and the process and how much it taught me about not only how to be a host, but basically I hosted, I wrote, produced, did the editing. I, when I got a hold of that show, I gave 250% every time. I was always telling them, let me have that show as much as possible. A lot of people didn't even want to do it. But I was like, give it to me as much as I can have because I love that show. I thought the skills that I learned on that program were, were the most valuable as I wound up going into the professional ranks. And just to give you an idea of how FUV then led to the Giants thing, 
I talk about 39 years now straight covering the team because I started covering the Giants in, in the summer of 1983 as a sophomore as the Giants beat reporter for WFUV, a job that I created because I called the Giants and I said, I'd like to create this beat, this job. I'd like to be a regular. I'd like to come to practice every week, watch practice, talk to the players, do interviews. And they said, all right, we'll let you come out to the opening of training camp. That was Bill Parcells' first year as a head coach. They were at Pace University. And I was told at the time by Ed Croak, the PR director, you can come out to opening day. We're going to see how you act, you know, because we don't really let college media, you know, come out to these things. But we'll see how you act. You sound like a good guy. Fordham connection with the Maras. I'm sure that had something to do with it. And he said, if you conduct yourself professionally and and you're not conspicuous, you know, you, 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 you do everything the way you're supposed to do it. We'll see about having you come more. That's all I needed to hear. Once he opened the door a crack, I kicked that sucker in full throttle. OK. So I went there opening day and I did everything I was supposed to do. And then I did it again and I did it again. And then they broke camp and came back to the Meadowlands. And I, I called up Ed and I said, Ed, can I keep coming down? I'd like to, I'd like to keep this going for the whole season. Sure. He goes, you've, you've, you've behaved, you've done everything you're supposed to do. You followed all the rules. You're blending in. Absolutely. That's where it all started. I kicked that door in on my own. Nobody opened it for me. I really kicked it in. He, he opened it a crack. I'm sure the Fordham connection had something to do with it, but I kicked it in. And then from there, in um, the year before I graduated, in 85, the Connecticut Radio Network used to syndicate the Giants games in New England. They were flagshipped on WNEW 11.30. But CRN syndicated the games, and they had their own pregame show with their own host. They were based out of New Haven. Well, they would come down, the host and producer would come down every Wednesday to the Giants practice to get their interviews. And I got to be friendly with them. Why? Because I was there all the time. That's why you want to get out, folks. That's why you get out. If you want to be a broadcaster, get out to events. Don't be sitting in an office behind a desk. So at Giants practice, I got to know these guys, got to know what they were doing. And the guy said to me, End of the 94 season, uh, 84 season, he says to me, um, you know what? We got to come down here from New Haven every week, once a week to do interviews. And it really messes up our schedule. How would you, how would you like to do our pregame show interviews for us? We'd like to hire you out. Are you kidding me? My God, did I jump at that sucker? So there you go. And so my first job professionally was in 85, the fall of 85, hired by the Connecticut Radio Network to do the interviews during the week at practice that they would then incorporate into their 15-minute pregame show that was syndicated in New England. And I'm almost embarrassed to tell you I got 50 bucks a week. It wasn't, it wasn't really a pay thing. It was just that I was part of a Giants crew. And that's how it started. Talking to Paul Bettino, Giants beat reporter for WFAN. Paul, is there a moment, whether it be big or small, as you have gone on into your professional career covering the Giants, that you felt like, had I not had these experiences at WFUV, or if I had not gone through 
this challenge, struggle, this really amazing experience, whatever it might be, that you felt like you, you maybe wouldn't have been equipped to handle something that came your way down the line? Oh, I, I felt that way every day. I, I knew that if I did not create that Giants beat reporter position at WFUV, had WFUV not been accepting of me to do that, then I honestly don't know if this dream of mine ever would have happened. I, th- I think about that every day. That's where it started. It was, it was all about the Giants' willingness to allow me to come out and prove myself as worthy. And as soon as they gave me that opportunity, I jumped on it and I've never looked back and I appreciate it every single day. I, I never forget it. Look, one of the, that's clearly the highlight of my career at WFUV beyond a shadow of a doubt, but I will also tell you, and this, this may be a little bit more to home for you guys back in, in uh, the fall of 1985, um, I wound up winning the award for uh, best college sportscast from the New York Sports Writers uh, Sportscasters Association, WAER, the Syracuse station. We don't like to talk about them very much, but I know they're up there somewhere. They um, they used to dominate the awards from the Associated Press for college sportscast, and one of my most proud moments at FUV was in the spring of '85. I had put together a reel. You had to put together three sports casts and submit them for best college sports cast. And I remember, you know, putting it together and uh, submitting it. And everybody was like, well, Syracuse wins every year. I was like, I don't care. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing this. And I did. And wouldn't you know, in September of 85, when the awards came out, it was the WFUV sports cast that won it. And I remember the Ram, speaking of your paper, the <laughs> Ram had a had a, a, a nice blurb in, in it. And as they were listing the awards that FUV had won from the Associated Press that year in radio, they made a specific note that WAER dominates the sportscast competition. But this year, WFUV's Paul Tatino wound up knocking off their streak. So that's that's another very proud moment for me from FUV. But so... Yes, I have tremendous memories of the station. It means the world to me. We've got the archives. I got to look back in the 80s and find that blurb and, and re- bring it back to life. But Paul, one thing I wanted to ask you too about the Giants, you mentioned getting the, the beat reporting experience as a college student and now doing it for 39 seasons. What would you think, or what would you say is the biggest change that you've maybe seen in the role of, of a beat reporter and how you've kind of evolved over those almost four decades now just to continue covering the team and continue doing it the way that, that you know is proper over these years? Yeah, well, you have to understand, it's not necessarily as much the role of the beat reporter, it's the role of the media in general. You know, when I started covering the team, Bill Parcells, again, was the head coach, and and everything was old school. You know, obviously, from Coach Parcells, George Young was the general manager, and you went to practice, you got to watch the full two-hour practice every day, then you got to talk to the players, and and there was a much more uh, friendly relationship because see Parcells had a rule. If you were one of the guys on the beat, you could come to practice every day and watch the entire practice. And Bill's rule was simple. If you reported a lineup change or anything about a trick play, not only were you going to be kicked out of practice, but the entire press corps was going to be kicked out of practice. 
You see, Bill was smart because he trusted the press corps to police itself. Because let's face it, let's say myself or or uh, the guy from the Daily News or the New York Post had double crossed the rules. Well, then all of us would have been kicked out and we all would have hated on that guy. So we all knew that we were going to follow the coach's rules if we wanted to stay. That was it was really simple. You want to watch practice every day? You want to be amenable and get along with everybody? Follow the rules. Today, that's not the case. The media has a very antagonistic relationship with the organizations. They are ruled, they're they're the enemy. Now, even though Parcells used to joke and call us communist subversives, he always used to joke about it. He couldn't coach today because there is so much of an adversarial relationship between the media and the organizations. It's, It's incredibly nasty because what the media wants to do, they want to create interest. How do they create interest or create ratings or create clicks for their internet site? They just inflame the negative and talk about anything that's going to create controversy so that they can be part of the story and they can create interest in their own organization. They're not interested in facts. They're interested in first. The media today, many of them, many of them, not all of them, but many of them, especially of the new generation, they're more interested and getting something out there first, even if it's wrong, because they're rarely held accountable. The internet has done that. Twitters, blogs, podcasts, there's no accountability. You can say whatever you want, whether it's true or not, whether it's a totally unsubstantiated rumor or not, it doesn't matter. You can publish it or you can put it out over a speaker. And that's the biggest difference. In the old days, You had to have two confirmed sources for anything that you went with in print or over the air. And you were damn sure that you had it before you put it out there. Did you want to be first? Sure. If you could be first, great. But you knew that you could research it and you could really be good at what you did in terms of trying to confirm before you went with it. And you also knew that there was going to be a news cycle to where if you were in broadcast, the newspapers weren't going to be able to print it until tomorrow morning. Now, because of the 24-hour news cycle and everything is within 0.3 seconds, it's on Twitter. Well, that changed everything. The bad news is more media people today want to be first instead of right. And they're never held accountable, which is why there is so much wrong, so many errors and so many mistakes made in today's media. There's not enough attention paid to journalistic integrity or getting stuff right. And and my niche and the way that I've always done it is the old school way. I believe that it's not important to be first. It's important to be right. And, And my niche is analysis and knowledge because it doesn't matter if something goes up on Twitter 10 minutes ago. If 10 minutes later, I can either tell you that it was true or false. And if it's true, I can explain to you what the implications are. That's a hell of a lot more important to me and my audience than some bozo who just put it up 10 minutes ago on Twitter, but doesn't know his toes from his fingers. 
That's how I approach the job. And that's how a dinosaur like me is still able to do what I do 39 years later. Paul, you mentioned how you're approaching the job and that it is 39 years later. If you could go back to creating that beat while you were at Fordham and WFUV with the understanding that you would be still at it almost four decades after the fact, what would your reaction have been to get the opportunity to do this for so long? Uh, it, it was always a dream come true. It was planned. I mean, I live within 15 minutes of the Meadowlands. The big key for me was that they built Giants Stadium. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I don't know if, if the Giants had stayed at Yankee Stadium all these years or if they had gone somewhere else. I don't necessarily know if I would have gotten the chance. But see, no one at WFUV when I was there at the time showed any interest in doing what I wanted to do. Part of the reason was there was nobody else who lived as close to the Meadowlands as I did. Since I lived so close to the Meadowlands and I was a commuter and I didn't mind driving over to Rose Hill every single day back and forth. To me, that was a small price to pay, but I had no competition. There was nobody who was going to be able to do what I do because a, I live closer to the stadium than anybody else. B, I was willing to do it as a commuter. And C, I was willing to plan my classes around practice. This was all planned, fellas. Nobody was going to beat me out on this. So, you know, it was, it was all part of the game plan. And, and to this day, my game plan is still, I want to be on the Giants beat for 50 consecutive seasons. That's my goal. I'm only in season 39, so I still have quite a long ways to go to get to 50. Now, after I get to 50 years on the beat, look, if they get 10 buses and tie a rope around my waist and try to pull me away, maybe they'll have a small chance to pull me away. Maybe, but I'll probably go longer than that. It's not. See, the thing about the Giants is a facet to me. He's talking about wanting to go 50 years there. It's not the only place that you've spent multiple decades at. Another example of that was the North Jersey Media Group. And I wanted to ask you about this because I know you spent a long time there as a copy editor. I'm so curious because something you talked about earlier was the importance of writing and how you kind of learned how to write for radio. Can you take us inside that experience a little bit and your time at the paper and just the impact that writing had on your role now as a reporter and a broadcaster? Well, I, I got into the Bergen record as a sports clerk in 1983 as well. Uh, when I was a sophomore and that was a part-time job. And I had always figured that just in case the sports casting did not work out, I was going to become a sports writer and hopefully cover the giants. We'll <laughs> see. I don't know. We'll try it. So my entire plan, which was carefully choreographed was always primarily get the sports casting with the giants as the number one priority and the second priority, at the same time, I was going to pave two roads. I was going to do whatever I could to try, if the broadcasting failed, to become a sports writer and cover the Giants that way. So I got involved with the Bergen record over in New Jersey as a sports clerk part-time in 83. So I looked at it like I had two jobs. I looked at WFUV as a job because I never considered it a class. I never considered it a club. I considered WFUV from the first day that I walked into that station, I considered that a job. I immediately thought of myself as this is a profession for me. So I'm going to treat it as that right now. 
Why should I wait until I graduate to treat it as a profession? I'm going to treat it as a profession right now. And so between that and working at the paper as my backup, that's what I did. Look, fellas, I worked 85 hours a week juggling five jobs between radio and the different, the basketball I did, uh, uh, doing the, the newspaper. I mean, I did that for many, many, many years. All right. It, I was at the newspaper for over 30 years. Okay. And I was a sports copy editor there. I was a sports clerk first. Then I was also a sports writer. I was a copy editor. I had a host of jobs at, in the sports department at that paper. And for several years, I actually was the second, I was the second writer on the Giants, believe it or not. Vinny Detrani, legendary Hall of Fame nominated uh, football writer who covered the Giants for 34 years. Um, for, for several years there, I was actually his, his, um, his pairing because the full-timers, they always miss a day a week. They don't cover the team every day. They always have one guy who backs them up on the day they're off. I was his off-day guy for several years. In addition to going to home games, in fact, Super Bowl 35 and the Giants played the Ravens in Tampa, I was his number two writer. I had 12 different pieces of copy in the paper the next day at the Bergen Record off of that Super Bowl, which was probably my most proud moment or certainly one of my two most proud moments as a sports writer on the print side. But that was never where I really wanted to be. I always wanted to be a broadcaster. Paul, before we let you go, we can't have you leave without getting at least a little bit of insight from you on the state of the Giants right now. A loss to the Cowboys, one in four start. What do you make of the Giants, the state of the Giants at the moment? Well, how about we talk to the Red Cross first and figure out what's going on <laughs> with their insurance policies before we talk about anything else? Because right now they are just so badly banged up and I don't know. Next man up is a great phrase, but we all know backups are backups for a reason. Okay. That means they're not quite as good as the starters are. So it's going to be a real tough road to hope for the giants now to try to get out of this hole. I mean, it's just the way it is. I did think over the summer and I stand by this, they compiled the most talented 53 man roster in the NFC East. It was the most balanced roster between defense, offense, and special teams in the division. I projected them to be a 10-win team. Well, obviously, that does not look very good right now. But there have been a host of circumstances that have really kind of thwarted their hopes and their dreams. It is what it is, fellas. Paul, I'm going to have to check in on the status with the Red Cross and get back to you, see if I can help you out at all with certainly not the most favorable of situations at the moment. But thank you so much for taking some time with us today. Paul Dettino, the reporter for the New York Giants in his 39th season with WFAN, also doing some play-by-play -play for the Northeast Conference Fordham Class of 1986. Paul, thanks so much. Great to be with you, fellas. Best of luck to you. That was Paul Dettino, Fordham Class of 1986, reporter for the New York Giants for WFAN, also doing some play-by-play -play for the Northeast Conference. Nick Toluca, Alex Wolves, still here with you, Alex, such an amazing conversation to have with Paul. I mean, he was able to rattle off a number of really interesting stories and you can tell he's somebody who is really passionate about WFUV and his time and how formative it was for him 
and going on to his career with the Giants. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you can't even overemphasize the amount of times that he referenced FUV as having that just stakehold in his life and really being those formative years. And he continued to drill that home throughout the interview. Really, as you mentioned, it was the same word I was going to use with a lot of passion and a lot of energy. You hear it a lot in the sportscast and his reporting, and you could hear it in the interview too about FUV. And I think for me, Nick, and I don't know about you, it just gives you a lot of perspective. I think when you hear about these older alumni who continue 39 years, as you mentioned, down the line, continue to reference how important a little college radio station in New York City is. I think there's something really special about that and gives you kind of a bigger picture on, on how important this place can be and has been throughout a lot of its history. To me, what was so interesting in listening to Paul speak was just how forward thinking that he was and how aggressive he was in pursuit of what he wanted to do. And when you hear about how long he has been on the Giants beat, okay, that's, that's great. But to hear that he was the guy who really went about creating that opportunity for himself. This is something that's become standard here at WFUV, where you're able to go and cover all of these games. But to hear about Paul just saying, yeah, I want to go to practice. I want to be professional. I want to lay that foundation was really interesting and something that was was awesome to hear, especially for him, because this was not something that was easy. And he was able to just go in and crack the door open it was the analogy that he used and here he is 39 years later and it's something that you can never take for granted today because like you mentioned Nick you know we're not just in the Giants anymore but we're in pretty much every New York clubhouse and somebody had to be the first person to do that we did an interview recently with David J Halberstam who kind of mentioned the old broadcasting legends and, and part of the Ford C Frick award that he was doing about how you always have to respect the people that did it first because without those people you wouldn't have any of what you have today and you know as Paul mentioned being that person to really create the Giants beat and we've talked to other people who created the soccer broadcasting angle I always remember when we talked to Mike Nashry about that and all these older FUV alumni who did things that are so commonplace today for us and for sports media in general, but we were really the first to do it at certain points. And Paul, the first one to have the Giants beat specifically, and who know who knew that it would become such a career afterwards and really fulfilling a lifelong dream, which is another story we've heard a lot of is fulfilling a lifelong dream, whether it's calling the Mets, calling the Yankees, whatever it might be. And Paul, just another prime example of that and, and had to be the one to create it in the first place, which is a really special thing. And of course, very interesting to hear Paul, you walk right in and, you're working with Mike Breen on your first one-on-one and some of the <laughs> cast of characters, Jack Curry, he mentioned as well, just to hear those stories of way back when. And I, I can't imagine what that would have been like. Oh, here, here's my first opportunity to be one-on-one and Mike Breen sitting across from me. Well, and at the time they have to think Mike Breen wasn't Mike Breen, you know, Nick DeLuca, isn't Nick DeLuca yet? You know, we're just having this conversation right now, but who knows what it could ultimately become. You know, it's always the fun things is when you're sitting across the room from people that you don't know what their careers are going to bring. And I think we have a lot of the, the same energy and same excitement today, but certainly a special one for Paul to, to talk with Mike and, and still stay in touch with him today. It's a really special thing. Yeah. That'll wrap it up for us here on off the air, where we dive into the legacy of WFUV sports a big thank you to Paul Dettino, Fordham class of 1986, reporter for the New York Giants for WFAN MSG Network for 39 years. Also doing the play-by-play for the Northeast Conference. You can check us out on YouTube, on Spotify, as we continue to document that legacy of WFUV sports.